We are now. So, reparations. <laughs> okay. In honor of Juneteenth, I, I guess I figure it's... Um, yeah, what is Juneteenth? Juneteenth is just the... So, first off, great question, and I think <laughs> it's it's a... It's I'm a willing to show my ignorance. Well, yeah, no, but but what I'm saying is is it's not a national holiday, right? Right. Like that that's the problem is that when it comes, it's always like, oh wait, what is today again? Mm-hmm. And it's just the commemoration of um the you know, official declaration to end slavery. Okay. Um 1865? Mm-hmm. No, later than that. Yeah. I have no idea, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, part of the problem is it's not a national holiday. uh, And it kind of goes into, it's kind of brought back this simmering discussion about reparations. Yeah. And don't know if you saw like Mitch McConnell. I didn't get to see the official quote because I'm not going to track down a Mitch McConnell quote. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give my life devote any amount of my life to that pursuit right but apparently he's fire yeah so but basically he was like electing obama was a form of reparations you know he's like we we yeah like we don't need to do reparations we we elected obama wow we yeah i think he could be saying that in the sense of like how a lot of you know, people who don't think about this stuff will say like, oh, we had a black president. So don't tell me that there's institutional racism leaving aside every data point that's out there. Yeah. Um, Or he was literally saying like, which seems more Mitch McConnell. uh, Yeah, we tossed you a bone. Okay, people. So then you you need to shut up. Um, I mean, what a just what a ghoul yeah that's pretty uh despicable um but i'm for reparations what about you uh yeah i mean i'm not entirely sure what that means or looks like or like the practicality of it but i'm definitely for some form of like acknowledging that like hey we still have a lot of problems going on here and we need to be way more proactive in addressing those problems and sort of the culpability of it and you know what I mean all that moving forward I'm not like I'm not like in it on like a policy level I have no idea what people Mm -hmm. are like proposing or anything like that but sort of at a higher level yeah there's a bill going before the house right it won't go all the way through but I mean, I feel like, especially with this issue, I, I just feel like there are certain things that it's okay to be like, listen, I don't know the details, but I'm for it. Right. Like hash something out. I, I am maybe even should not be involved in the conversation. You know, yeah. I'll just support what is put in front of me unless I hear an outcry of minority people who are like, this sucks. Don't vote for this. Yeah, exactly. I'll support <laughs> the like, people. I'll support the position of the people who I'm already supporting. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, And it's, you know, maybe a a kind of a lazy way to approach it, but. Uh, 
don't know. I, lazy to me seems like not engaged versus maybe knowing your place. Yeah. Being like, I got, I have nothing to add to this conversation other mm -hmm. than yes, whatever right. it is. Yeah. You know? So yeah, happy Juneteenth. Uh, I think I think the other thing that's that's difficult. So there's always two sides, right? And we've we've kind of talked about this with uh, with Trump, right? Mm -hmm. Do do we want him to be president? No, but the fact that that he is president has brought so much to light, right? That otherwise would have gone completely unnoticed or remarked upon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in that case, like he, he has, he's done more. It's not good, right? He's just done more than a centrist candidate would have done in the office. Again, not good. Like we're, we're, we're not putting, uh, 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 declarative on that. Yeah. We're, we're just saying he's done more because people are, I think, more aware right of the fundamental issues that at, at stake here right um and just the fact that i just read a transcript of a portion of the interview he gave to sean hannity last night mm -hmm. maybe two nights ago where like he literally just starts babbling yeah it's like baby talk at the right. end i mean he literally just slips into like four solid sentences of babble and you just can't look at that and not be like, oh, leader of the free world can just babble. Yeah. Can't, doesn't even have to speak intelligible sentences. And yet our country can still quote unquote, like not run, I was going to say, but, but not feel the effects. And that, then that's a broken system. Yeah. I listened to the clip where he tells Hannity that he's not um, patriotic. All he cares about is his ratings. <laughs> yeah. This is like an offhanded comment he makes. But yeah, then he then goes into the, like the very uh, standard, typical, you know, talking points that they've been rehashing. And it's just like, this is basically gibberish. It's baby talk. Yeah. Let's, let's call it what it is. It's, right. it's absolutely nonsensical baby talk. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, not to not to get off on a tangent, but uh, but yeah, so I mean, like that that has exposed more, mm -hmm. and I feel like with Juneteenth not being an official holiday, <clears throat> not only does that fact expose, yeah, we we still have issues with acknowledging our past, right? Mm -hmm. But it also kind of allows you to say. Yeah, because we're also still dealing with a lot of the same issues today. And so, like, today I just read another report. I pulled up on my phone. That was, like, the result of months-long investigative journalism that cracked, like, widespread police presence in white supremacy social media groups. Right. And, again, the fact that you can have, or, you know, just the fact that, uh, What's his name is trying to get back on the force after shooting Tamir Rice, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the, the fact that you, your, your law and order, uh, I was going to call them department, but where are they? Law and order police system. Officers? Okay. Right. They're, they're the, right. The system mm -hmm. I'm just stating with my hands, uh -huh. the, 
that that you can, you know, just jump on an online social, get into a social media, you know, group and immediately identify members of that right <laughs> social yeah. group that you turn to for law and order who are outright racists. Right. And that, and that that's not like what? Yeah. <laughs> we need to, we need to handle this where it's like, yeah, you're, you're going to have some of those in there. Yeah. yeah it kind of fits right. the profile. Like that's insane. That's absolutely insane. Um, or the fact like Ben Shapiro this morning was talking about how like poverty is a choice. Yeah. Like verbatim <laughs> poverty is a choice. And he is like, again, lifted up as some kind of, and you're like just a dumb idiot, yeah. just a dumb, stupid thing to say. Yeah. And dumb thing to think. Yeah. Well, it's again, it's the same talking points i mean it's the same talking points as trump it's just as he's a better speaker right he uh, presents it he? better well he's uh, he presents it better. listen guys he presents it better i guess did did i do i felt like i was kind of on when am i kind of on him right now i don't think so no. well um, i mean maybe you'd have to ask somebody that listens to him more often uh, the, the problem is if i really wanted to get into character i'd have to say something that i would regret you'd have for to the start rest of my talking life. about you know, Black Panther, right? How black people well, shouldn't listen, care about the Wakanda's fake. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been talking about this for two weeks. It's going to go on for two more years. Okay. Um, yeah, man, what a freaking lunatic anyway. Um, so th this also kind of goes into what I was maybe wanting to talk about tonight. Okay. And surprise, surprise. I want to talk about board games. <laughs> that okay. wasn't from last week, right? <laughs> yeah, it's been on there. Oh, man. Uh, I feel like you started hot and then now we've just slipped. Like these are kind They're of the, the same standard. ones. Yeah, yeah but I, I don't have much time to look into it. And then it's also like, how do you do? You know what I mean? Like you can't. You're not. I'm not like, you know what I mean? I'm not. It's not like a morning show. It could be. Hello, this is Chef John from foodwishes.com with my big fat Greek baked beans. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. That's a great one. What, can you play that one more time, please? Yeah, hold on. Let me set the mood. <laughs> it just doesn't go where you think it's going to go. You know, on a few different levels. Uh, you haven't watched any of his videos yet? Never. I have no idea who that is. Chef John from foodwishes.com. Hello, this is Chef John from foodwishes.com with my big fat Greek baked beans. It's just one of those days. Yeah. These are new. No, that one was on there last week. Oh, was it? Okay. Oh. This one's new. Oh, 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 o
from the news when she's stomping grapes mm. and then she falls off the platform. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, is if you're really hurt, I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and listen to myself after I got really hurt one time. But I don't think I ever vocalized ouch. I mean, Ow. if you watch the video, it's it's a, one of those classic videos where you're like feel really bad laughing at it because yeah. the fall looks like a pretty serious fall. And like, oh. <laughs> and like, I would imagine actually falling like that and being really hurt. <laughs> but then her vocalization of it is so like comical. It and just never stops. You can't. Yeah, you can't imagine that she's actually hurt. You know what I mean? I showed you one of my favorite clips like that where you feel bad laughing. And it's the news report of the lady who was struck by lightning. Right. And they cut to her. And the video is skipping. Right. <laughs> and so she's just going, ah, 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 and it cuts back to the guy. And you can see he's just like, he wants to laugh, but he can't. Right. And he tries to push through his script, but his script culminates in like her worst injury. Right. And he's laughing all the way through and he still tries to get that sentence out. And I feel like, is that, what they're taught, like just talk, get through the script no matter what. Cause there's a, it ends on like a Ron Burgundy moment where you're like, aren't right. you reading ahead a little bit? Don't you see what you're about to say and be like, <laughs> I'm sorry, people. That was just really funny. Yeah. The other problem too is like with that clip, even with like the grape lady clip, there's once you start listening to them and just listening for like little samples, everything starts to sound good like oh, there's a right. moment in the grape lady cr clip where the woman who's like giving her the tour is like all right you ready to go and she just goes yeah this is disgusting and she's like <laughs> you can tell she doesn't want to be there <laughs> she knew i guess so she had a sixth sense um so what i wanted to talk about specifically with board games yeah are political board games. And um, I realized in the few games that we've played, what I've really connected with are the themes of the games that we've played. Mm -hmm. And that is what is like stuck with me long after we, we played. And what I find myself gravitating towards, I found this guy who doesn't seem to specialize in political games but he did a whole list and it was just like i didn't know they made games about these things mm -hmm. uh, that when i started looking up i was like this all of this looks absolutely amazing yeah um and got me wondering like can you teach with board games like can board games be a fundamental vehicle of education mm -hmm. uh, rather than fun um I don't think, you know, it's obviously not a new, um, new idea in terms of education, but the scope of games that we have access to now, um, made me think like I never considered homeschooling before, <laughs> but if I put together like a, a purposeful 150 board game collection uh -huh. for the purpose of educating indie, I think think I could cover everything uh -huh. and I think we'd be good. We could do, you know, the math and stuff like that. But what I'm more interested in is like the political stuff. Sure. You know, and what one thing that I was thinking about 
when I was looking at some of these games, I was like, yeah, the, the problem with political games is that it's still a game and it will always fail to have the nuance of reality. Right. But then I started watching some of the like how to play videos mm -hmm. and researching more. And I was like, no, I actually think this is closer to reality. Mm -hmm. Behind it all, there's a person or some overarching you know, goal being exerted upon the board game, mm -hmm. right? Uh, upon the board and their will is being pushed out and maybe encountering another, but everybody else is just pawns. Like, you know, it's, it's all about that force. So if you find a game that's literally about like economically dominating this board, and you play against somebody else who's trying to do the same thing, like one economic force is going to win out. Mm -hmm. Like how much more complicated is reality than that? Isn't that the, isn't that the history of capitalism? Sure. Isn't that the, the like all corporate histories? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, I th <clears throat> may, and maybe it's cause I haven't looked into it as much as you have, but and I feel like video games maybe run into the same problem is that, like you said, ultimately it's still a game and you still sort of have these parameters or like conditions that are somewhat arbitrary, which I get that that's reflected, but at the same time, um, what you say next better be good. That was a long pause. <laughs> Sorry, I got a text. You, you better have text. pulled some great words uh, <laughs> out of the ether. I'm, I'm can't wait. Um, at the same time, I feel like the hit the snooze button. I don't have access to this. <laughs> I feel like uh, it's just one of those days. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> at the same time, I feel like what makes the connection between like books and movies so much more powerful is that they are more a more direct sort of reflection of what life is like. You know what I mean? Mm, well, so I think that there's an aspect in film and books to get more granular, right? And focus on the person. But I think one thing that board games can do is represent like a force, something that's harder to define. But again, if I'm trying to exert my corporate will over this board, like that can represent, you know, I, I go back to one of my favorite ongoing series, the black Monday murders, mm -hmm. um, a graphic novel series that I think has done more to kind of help me conceptualize economic forces. And one way that it does that is by literalizing a God mammon that these rich families are all serving. So the Rothschilds, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they've, they've been holding these seats since, you know, forever. And they all are serving the God mammon who has demands. Right. And it's like that, that, at some point you have to abstract to that level to get that concept of like 
what is the engine that drives our greed for more? What is it? Like, it's not an old God. It's not mammon, but it is this, this pursuit that certain people have that maybe all people have. Maybe I have it, right? I can say a lot of this stuff maybe because I don't have access to wealth. And had I grown up in a family of wealth, maybe I'm not saying these things, mm. right? And so maybe we, we have this drive, we have this stuff in there. And that is what pushes our decisions to literally be like, oh, what, 10 more people fell into the vat of whatever? Well, I see 30 people standing out there behind the fence. Get 10 more in here and, and put them to work mm-hmm. and, and not lose sleep, right? Or um, another good example of this that I would recommend to anybody is the Chapo Trap House episode on Rahm Emanuel mm-hmm. um, where they talk about Rahm and you just look at this guy's life and he basically is like a staunch supporter of the abuses of the status quo and the rich and supportive of the Iraq war and whatever. Now he's, he's out as mayor. He's in at the Atlantic and his first article that he writes is like, it's time to hold the elite accountable. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so perverse, right? That, that we are existing in a system like that. But that is like, again, that's, that's like, that's mammon. That's, that's the, the, yeah. the effects of our own greed, avarice. And again, like there's different words for what you believe in. Right. Um, but so, so I think that games can tap into that. I, I see in some of these board games, and again, I haven't played a lot of these. I've just researched. I actually have a list that I wanted to go through, like the different areas, get maybe your feedback. I kind of put in the um, description of the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I, I also maybe wanted to like put one, like pick one or one from the three different areas uh, and play it and then maybe, maybe talk about it. Okay. And, um, but, but yeah, so, I mean, th- there are some games that pull way, way back and, you know, uh, I noticed it. The first game I noticed it on was a game called Antiquity. Uh, which is a splatter games who makes food chain magnet and mm. some other like big, heavy, heavy games <clears throat> in antiquity had like a time period. I forgot what it was like antiquity, 1580 to 1760 mm-hmm. or whatever. It was like in the, uh, in medieval times. I just remember thinking like looking at being like, why even bother with the dates? Like just, this is risk, right? This is just like, I'm building, uh, uh, I'm trying to conquer something. I'm trying to build something. But then I think that I realized in looking into it is like, no, with, with games, you can look at a time period and pull out the, the, what were the factors that shaped this, these generations. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make a game based on those elements and have you play those. Mm -hmm. And And it can be used as a way to reflect on, the forces that shaped uh, the Renaissance or the medieval time or whatever it was. Right. And it, it can help give you that. I think that that clarity. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love books, I love movies, but a lot of times those are like character studies as opposed to, yeah, I'm going to take on the forces that rebuilt, you know, Europe after, 
the plague. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but you know, like that's like uh, people after a plague, like went and rebuilt with their own interest in mind. Right. You know what I mean? It was the church or whatever. Like that stuff fascinates me and is mm-hmm. interesting. Um, so anyway, um, do you still want to argue my point? No, it's just that idiot. <laughs> yeah. It's just that, uh, you know, again, I'm not as experienced with it as you are, but it just seems to me. I mean, yeah, no, I can't, I can't argue it because it just is obviously it's a, you know, by per person thing. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to get that level of connection from a board game. Okay. You know what I mean? This is a great, not saying that you can't or other people couldn't, but I don't think I would. Yeah. This is a great lead in because, and again, I, I, you know, I was talking to a friend of ours and, um, my, one one of my questions, because we're we're kind of talking about um, therapy, I was like, "Is is the goal of therapy understanding, or is it like actual correction?" That's not the word that I used, but the the, the word that I used is not coming to me. Um, and what, what I meant by that is. Is the goal of therapy to just help you understand who you are and just better understand it, but not necessarily alter, you know, core behaviors or or thought patterns that you have, but just in, in hopes of understanding them that you can maybe make some minor changes or just understand why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. Because a lot of times it's not about not being angry. Mm-hmm. you're going to be angry, right? Like you were raised in such a way or your psychology is such a way that you are prone to anger. So guess what? Welcome to a lifelong, you know, battle with anger. And so I'm going to go to therapy to just understand that about myself mm-hmm. and then maybe help identify it as I'm feeling it. Or can I go to therapy to not be angry as just an example? All right. Um, and, and, you know, as somebody who, who has not gone, but is not opposed to going, um, I, 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 I'm trying to quantify like, what would my benefit be? Like, what would I be going for? Uh, and part of that too is like right now, my, my approach is like, we are who we are and it's not about changing that. And it's just about understanding it. So with you, I find like, you know, um, it was harder for me to do that when I was younger to just accept that somebody, you know, did not like whatever pulp fiction and I was going to be okay with that. And, right. or I was going to show them a movie that meant a lot to me and they were not going to like it or not pay attention or not connect with it at all. And I was going to be okay with that because mm-hmm. they don't have to love CQ, you know? Yeah. Um, but for me, it's meaningful. So, Terraforming Mars. Um, we, we've played one game of Terraforming Mars, and I hope we play another one. I've played a few times solo, and I really like it. 
But one thing that I walked away from, and I think one difference that we had was in terraforming Mars, you're trying to terraform Mars and you play as a corporation. So in the beginning of the game, you select a corporation and that corporation is going to have a specific thing that they're trying to do. So it could be an energy corporation and they are just interested in getting Mars up and running in terms of energy. And they want to provide that. They want to be the ones doing it. And so every thing they're going to be doing is going to be geared towards providing energy. Um, somebody else might be trying to launch a product. One of my, what, that, that seemed to be my corporation. They're like, we've got to get this planet enough to house our product. And then we've got to push our product. And so my people were very, my, my corporation is very focused on one outcome. And I remember in the game, you draw these cards and you get to select which cards you're going to try and pursue that should help you, you know, earn the outcome of, of the corporation you're playing as and earn you more points. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I remember one card came up and it was pets and mm -hmm. I had the option to develop pets to make it so that the people terraforming Mars could have a pet. And I discarded that card mm -hmm. because it didn't serve my purpose. And each round in the game is one generation uh, in terraforming Mars and you play up to 14 generations. And so the effects you have on the planet, you're seeing take, take shape over 14 generations. And I just thought like, here I am in like generation three, making a decision that we're not going to have pets here because it, it distracts from our purpose. And so nope, no pets. Instead, I'm going to blow up a nuclear bomb in the Southern part of the planet where it's not developed. Mm -hmm. So I can raise the temperature of the planet oh, right. a little bit. And Hey, guess what? We we're, we're thinking generations here. So five generations, it'll be fine down no there. No big deal. No big deal, but we got to get the temperature up. And it just, again, for me, helped me view things through a corporation's lens. And for me, it created a moment of like, just moral, ethical observation. And I commented it to you. I was like, I can't believe that I am dooming generations to no pets because the pets aren't helping me earn more energy or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I think from where I was playing, you seemed to play the game as an engine for your points. Exactly. Which is, well, yes. <laughs> you were like blue. My corporation wants those blue cubes or what? Yeah, I'm just Trees, making it up. Right. So yeah, green, green. So yeah, if it has to do a tree, I'm keeping it. I'm playing it. Exactly. I'm pushing it. I'm doing the trees. See, that's what I'm saying. I don't get invested like that. Like, right. Like, like I was the hippie corporation <laughs> or whatever. We had like you a, were the corporate hippie. We corporation. had like right. We had like a trees discount. So then starting out, I was like, okay, so I'm just going to. It was also my first time, so I you know, wasn't really sure what yeah. I was doing. So I was like, I'm just going to kind of like what I did with anachrony. 
with the just hoarding <laughs> as much water. I was like, I'm just going to plant as many trees as I can and see how that helps me towards my goal. And towards the end of the game, I was getting like three tree <laughs> tiles a turn. <laughs> and you like sprinted ahead of me at the yeah. end. You, you ended up destroying me. But that was kind of like I put no thought into it further than that. And what I love about that is terraforming Mars, I think, shows the breadth of the game, of specifically board games. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope you enjoyed it just as an engine of, like, to me, terraforming Mars, I would recommend it for you uh, had we never played it mm-hmm. because I could see in it an engine that would that would reward your single-minded pursuit of like an anachrony water where anachrony penalizes you for that. You right. hoarded that water and you ended with like four points. Like you ended <laughs> barely on the uh, scoreboard, you know, yeah, but I had um, a ton of water, <laughs> dude, you had all the water. I, I actually think you killed your people because <laughs> you were just right. focused on hoarding where they're like, we can't breathe. And you're like, shove more water in there. So, you know, but, but again, I think that that's, what's beautiful. And I don't think that either of our approaches to terraforming Mars is right mm-hmm. or wrong. Sure. Um, but if you do want to connect with it, I think that there are games that are being designed with that in mind. And I think I would argue that terraforming Mars was like, I think terraforming Mars, just like monopoly, which was famously designed as a message against capitalism, because mm-hmm. basically it's saying, yeah, you only own a little bit and you're making all the profit, you mm-hmm. know, or you're penalizing everybody. Or if you just own the right properties, then you can destroy everybody else and nobody, you know, people are just like, Oh, it's fun. You yeah. know, it's like, uh, well, that maybe wasn't the intent. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think well, I th- monopoly is also like famously not fun, right? Monopoly is a terrible game. <laughs> it's fun for like two rounds. I think I confessed on here. That was my first like pretentious board game thought at somebody who was like, Hey, I like board games now was somebody who said, Oh, I was sick. And I've been, I've, been, I've just been playing monopoly all week. And I just thought like, yeah, what a sad, like all week. <laughs> like, d- does that mean you played one Tuesday night of monopoly? And then you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm feeling too bad to like really do anything or watch anything. Let's uh, get monopoly going again, like multiple times. Yeah. How many variations of that game can you can you have? Yeah. So yeah. So but anyway, um, what what I guess I'm also kind of looking for out of all this, just to jump ahead, is um, if some of these games would appeal to you on a thematic level because the function of it would serve as like a teaching tool. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or like a learning tool. So right now I think, I think we both kind of play games to have fun, our own different versions of fun. Mm -hmm. But you, I think tend to like games that just screw with people. Right. And if we can find a good game that lets you screw with people, Mm -hmm. like I was showing you Azul 
And before you even had full grasp of the game, <laughs> you were like stealing the tiles that you knew that I would have wanted. Right. And I was like, that's just what he wants to do. He's just like, he's born. Just get in there and, and you know, mix it up. Right. Right. Uh, and so I spent more time strategizing your moves than I did my own, which worked for me in the first game. And in the second game, it did not it work. Did not work. Uh, well, what I realized is Azul is a tough game because if we wanted to really strategize, it is purely the, the pure strated, strat, strated, strategy. Let's go with that. The pure strategy of Azul is you screwing over the other people trying to collect tiles. Mm -hmm. that, that, that is it. There is no other strategy because you're just like, what I realized, the, the strategy with your own mat is build middle out. That's it. Because mm -hmm. middle is going to connect more, so you're going to have more connections as you build out. Other than that, all I need to do is be focused on you and stopping you. Mm -hmm. And so Azul is like a really mean game. Yeah. Like it is not, you, you don't just get to, hey, I'm just going to focus on my right. on my board. And with more people, I can just imagine it just being You brutal. have to be cutthroat. Yeah. You've got to be cutthroat. Um, okay. So I kind of... Uh, so I've been looking into political games. I came up with a list, and like I said, I, I kind of put descriptions. I talked to you about one of these, um, and that's Block by Block, mm -hmm. the insurrection game. And I sent you the link to Board Game Geek. Mm -hmm. Did you read just the description, kind of poke around? So or? what I did was, and I have a feeling this is probably the road that most of these are going to go down, is you sent me the like picture or whatever and a very- The link to Board Game Geek. Oh, okay. So, which, but, but it has like a thumbnail on it, right? Right, it has a thumbnail. And it has very, you know, like good, thoughtful art, right? Associated to it. So I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then you sent me like a one or two sentence description. I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. And so then I went to YouTube to watch like a instructions video playthrough or whatever. And the first video was like, block by block in under three minutes. So I was like, oh, okay. I started playing that and it was immediately way too complicated. And I was just like, oh, okay, I just, whatever. I turned it off. Yeah. And I was, I was like, I'll just wait for Keith to explain this to me. So block by block, <clears throat> here's, the, here's the thumbnail. A semi-cooperative tabletop game inspired by 21st century protest movements, riots, and popular uprisings each player controls a faction of revolutionaries, workers, students, neighbors, or prisoners fighting against the state in the streets of a city that change with each game, build barricades, clash with riot cops, occupy districts, loot shopping centers, and liberate the city before time runs out and the military arrives. So what I, what I already love about that is you have a common enemy and the enemy is the police. Right. Which I think is great. Yeah. The the artwork is also like their blocks. Like, so it is fun. It's not super serious. Mm -hmm. It's funny because as I was looking at political games, I I looked at the games that were interesting to me. One of them that came up was this game called Socialism. And it has <laughs> Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders on the front. Wow, right. Okay. I click on it. And it's like a ma MAGA game. Oh, okay. And it made me think of this tweet um, that I saw Joseph Watson, the conservative mm -hmm. nutjob guy. 
Paul Joseph Watson. Paul Joseph Watson, and he he said something like, "The right is getting better at comedy, and the left is terrified, or whatever." <laughs> and he like linked like a joke or whatever, mm-hmm. and like ever since then, people just endlessly troll troll that quote because mm-hmm. they'll put it on like completely unfunny, you know, right. conservative people and be like, "The right is getting better <laughs> at comedy." <laughs> Uh, and what I found funny was if you think about political games, you would think the games coming from like the ultra revolutionary perspective or like, you know, you, you might have an idea of like, oh, what's the worst game out there? Oh, it's going to be the vegan game. Like mm-hmm. any game designed by somebody with vegan principles, or something, it's going to be so boring. But really, in the end, through everything, and there are bad leftist games. Like I'm not like saying all leftist games are good and all right, you know, leaning games are bad or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but I did find that the ones that seem the most banal, idiotic, s- stupid, and fundamentally broken were like the ones that were like socialism's bad game, right? Like Mm -hmm. that socialism game is like one of the worst reviewed games. It looks terrible, awful. So yeah, sometimes I found like the ones that have a really deep perspective like this, Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I'm going to make a game based on protest movements are actually the most dynamic and fun. Like it looks like a fun game to play Yeah, as well as like, yeah, we're actually kind of addressing what happens in a insurrection, up, uprising, mm-hmm. right? And again, I think it's something that I look back on my life and I think about the OJ trial and um, I think about Rodney King and the police get off and Rodney King... Uh, and, and the riots start and all of a sudden my parents are terrified mm-hmm. and w- they're watching looting in the street and like clicking their tongues. Like, oh, I can't believe this. And th- mm-hmm. how is that showing your, your perspective? And that's, you know, mm-hmm. and, and f- completely failing to understand what they are feeling, right? right? What are they actually like, what what are they articulating here? Mm-hmm. Or you look at Hong Kong, right? Currently, right now, Hong Kong is in the midst of protests. Um, what are those people doing? What are they feeling? Mm-hmm. And as somebody who was not in a position to be affected by things like that or to understand them or to be given that perspective by parents who also were not interested in cultivating that, that perspective, block by block sounds good. Great. Uh-huh. It sounds like I could actually like get behind in a game and understand like, oh yeah, this is an enemy, right? right. Like that's the same thing we're talking about catch 22. Like catch 22 is about articulating who the enemy is mm-hmm. and the enemy is not, it's not about lessening the threat of Nazis or world war two. It's about articulating the threat coming from within your own like country and structure. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, the Germans are bad, but this lunatic just wants to send us out to bomb everything. And he's not thinking about us. Like he he's, he's seeing us as like expendable units as in his pursuit to crush this war. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, again, I think block by block 
is a great way of doing that and getting you to think and consider like, oh yeah, could the structure be a problem enough so that people get angry enough to go out there and, and, you know, kind of like, uh, whether it's laying loose of their anger or letting their perspective be known. And then also what is, what is the ultimate threat in this game? It's the military swooping in, mm -hmm. in, in your, like in, we saw that in Ferguson too, right? The military swooped in on American citizens, right? Mm -hmm. Like with tanks and, and showing force against our own citizens because yeah. why, you know what I mean? Like they, they actually had a perspective. So, yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think that demonstrates exactly the, the difference in how we approach these things. Like, I completely agree with everything you just said. When I sit down to play a board game, I just don't think about any of those things. I think I think purely about the mechanics and how the rules work and what I need to do to win. Mm-hmm. I don't, I connect no themes whatsoever. Um, same thing with video games, right? That's why I skip all the story stuff. I'm like, I, I'm the player. <laughs> How do I get to the objective? I, I don't think about anything else. Yeah. I, I like to think that when you play as a game, you're just thinking about yourself as part of the code. You're like <laughs> I am code. How do I slot into this other code? How do I, how do, you know? Yeah. It's as like mindless as possible. I feel like, I mean, and it's, but it's also not like it's at the same time. It's not something that I'm like purposefully blocking out. Right. It just is what I do. Well, yeah. It, again, it goes back to the idea of like, yeah, I mean, our, like we, we cannot fundamentally change who we are. Yeah. And it's not even about you like understanding this perspective, but I think for, for this and, and especially identifying, like, I'd like to, again, identify like a game that sounds interesting to you as well. Mm -hmm. We could play like, again, going back to terraforming Mars, cause it's the only game that I have that I feel like does this where I feel like you could play it and enjoy it. And then I could play it and enjoy it as well. And we're not having to sacrifice. Like you could, build a killer engine in terraforming Mars and never once think about what you're not letting people on the planet have access to. Mm -hmm. And then I will forever be playing thinking like, Oh my God, I just said no smoothies. Mm -hmm. I, I just didn't create smoothies on Mars because it's not helping me. Like, what mm -hmm. does that mean? Like, you know, and, and in the end you'll probably beat me, mm -hmm. uh, but we'll both hopefully have had a good time. All right. Another game is worse. It's German, so versend das Volk. Mm -hmm. It means we the people, I think. Okay. Uh, 1949 Germany, still in ruins from World War II, is split into. As the Iron Curtain of the Cold War descends, East Germany and West Germany become bitter rivals, each wanting to show its system is superior. Which will reconstruct quicker? Which will make its people happier? Socialism versus capitalism, collectivism versus individualism, which will triumph. We the people, the main slogan of the East German demonstrators in 89, recreates the history of divided Germany from the Berlin airlift to the fall of the Berlin Wall, flowing from how the 84 individually designed action cards are played. Each game is different. There are many possible strategies. Will East Germany build the wall or stem the exodus of its citizens another way? So 
another one that is rated very highly as a game. Mm-hmm. But again, like puts the forces at work and I think is is really fascinating as a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to go as long as it by block by block because these are each themed. So these are like more of like the political. Mm-hmm. So socialism versus capitalism, which I'm interested in. Block by block, local insurrection versus state and police forces. Then there's Kolejka. The board game, Kolejka stands for Q, tells a story of everyday life in Poland at the tail end of the communist era. The player's task appears to be simple. They have to send their family members out to various stores on the game board to buy all the items on their shopping list. The problem is, however, that shelves in the five neighborhood stores are empty. The players line up their pawns in front of the shops without knowing which shop will have a delivery. Tension mounts as the product delivery cards are uncovered, and it turns out that there will be enough that there will be enough product cards only for the lucky few standing closest to the door of a store. Uh, since everyone wants to be first, the queue starts to push up against the door. To get ahead, people in the queue use a range of queuing cards, such as mother carrying a small child, this is not your place, sir, or under-the-counter goods. Uh, and then there's other ways. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, it sounds really depressing. It's a game about <laughs> standing in a line. Yeah. Like sending out, standing in lines, uh, and then trying to get... And then being rejected. Being potentially rejected and then being like oh i don't have any food to give food to my family. and these pieces are your family members and that's the other thing that i love right like i love i what i love about these games i've researched is that they don't allow you to put space a lot of times mm. like you you are there mm. like they don't say like send your meeples out to mm-hmm. stand in a line it's like these are your family members you are sending them out and then you are dealing with one of them coming back and being like, yeah, stood all day, didn't get it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, the, the other ones, I, I, I actually, um, one I just thought was interesting from 1909 called Suffragetto. And it's just about the women's suffrage, suffrage movement. What I found about interesting about this game is it was made in 1909 and you play as the suffragettes walking down a city street, trying to get like to uh, a, a center or like the town hall or whatever. And guess who your enemy is? The police. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah exactly. He knows what's up. Um, so yeah, those are, those are the three kind of, Political board games. Mm-hmm. Then I move on to economy and corporate. Okay. And we talked about terraforming Mars, which we've played, which you, you've sat there silently. So what, what's your, what's your take on terraform? Like if, if I brought oh, yeah, it over, I would it. you, would you yeah. play it again? Yeah. I liked it. Our first game was long cause you were learning it. Yeah. And I was, I'm not, I don't know how to teach mm-hmm. uh, games yet. Um, but, uh, I just have another game. Crap. What was that? I want it. I forgot to put on here. 
anyway, um, crap, that's going to bother me. <laughs> but uh, I got the, the, the Prelude expansion, which I kind of explained to you before. Yeah. And everything that I read, you know, people love it. Right. But it takes like 30 minutes off the gameplay mm. because you start with some momentum. Yeah, that was, I think is good. yeah, that was kind of my only thing about it is that it starts off. It starts off slow, which maybe you get used to, but as like a first time player, you start to think like, oh, I'm like I'm doing, doing something, something wrong. really wrong. Yeah. But it's just slow. Yeah. But I mean again, I I like the I like the theme of that too. Because yeah. like you're terraforming Mars. Like your 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 first movement is gonna be like uh get one person out there who won't die. Right. To like till the ground. <laughs> uh okay, so Terraforming Mars, uh, keep cool. Uh, each player takes a role with, within global climate politics. You have to put through economic interests. For example, uh, the USA and its partners or the developing countries. Yet, you must not forget the strong lobby groups in your country, like the oil industry or environmental groups, as they also decide whether you win or lose. Within each round of the game, you have to decide between measures for climate protection, good for all, and egotistic decisions just for your own sake. The risk, catastrophes like droughts, floods, and pandemics, the chance, welfare, and a stable global climate. Whoever reaches his target first wins, yet if you are not in cooperative enough with all the players, you might lose to a collapse of the world climate. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and then this one I thought sounded really interesting. It's called John company. Uh, over its 250 year history, the British East India company grew to become one of the most influential commercial and political organizations in the world. Its profits catapulted the British empire to global dominance and shaped the fate of some of the world's great nations. But its ascent was anything but easy. The company was filled with diverging interests and struggled constantly at home and abroad. John Company attempts to tell the story of the British East India Company from the inside out. Players will steer their dynasties through the company's history, vying for position, power, and prestige. The goal of the game is simple. Use the company and the company's trade to secure your place in society back home. To this end, you guide your scions through their careers, exchanging favors for positions in London or plush colonial posts. Players collectively control the company, facing tough budgetary decisions and conflicting interests. Should a governor conduct a campaign to expand company holdings or invest in his in his region's infrastructure? Or invest, is it? Perhaps the honest tax revenues would be better diverted to expand his summer estate back home. So in terms of like, again, one of the great forces that has shaped even today, it's like the uh, East India Trading Company. Mm -hmm. Right. And again, to play a game where you shape that and reshape that, I find, you know, really fascinating. Mm -hmm. So that's it for the economy corporate games. Okay. And last is historical. And so we, we've played one of these games and that's the, uh, 
Guadalcanal. Mm -hmm. And what I loved about Guadalcanal is, again, I, I was looking for a game that was more tangible than just, oh, I remember one of the games. There's a game called CO2. Mm -hmm. It's about global uh, climate change. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's supposed to be really good. Um, but uh, the, the, the Guadalcanal game, I felt like it did what I wanted in a war game, which like risk, you're just kind of moving pieces, rolling die and moving people off. I wanted something with a little more dynamism, right? Uh, a little more specific focus. What I found interesting in Guadalcanal is you play real scenarios. So in the very first scenario in real life, the American troops were wiped out mm -hmm. except for one person escaped. We played that scenario. I was the Americans. I got wiped out. <laughs> um, and in terms of the narrative of the game, like it does really work. Like there is a point where I was running back towards the boat, mm -hmm. trying to get out of there and get all my people. And I noticed like one guy was just, he, he'd have to be sacrificed, you know? Yeah. He wasn't going to make it. And it, it makes you consider again, like war from a way that doesn't allow you to like, like it's a, it's a, it's a bizarre anti-war experience, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because it does, I think do a good job of balancing where I am not disrespecting the troops when I say, we should not engage in foreign intervention. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times people group like an anti-military perspective or stance with a disrespecting of the, the realities of being a soldier. Right. Yeah. And in, in reading, like I read the rules for the setup, but then I also read the actual setup and Guadalcanal will give you like, a historical rundown of what actually happened. Mm -hmm. Putting aside that it feels weird to then be playing <laughs> as a guy that you know died yeah. and, and I never got to experience saving him, but that might feel a little weird to like the Americans got away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, but it was really fascinating and interesting for me to just engage in that gameplay in that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, did any of that break through in that game too? Or were you still just, you're more mission oriented. Yep. I can't let them get to the boats. I mean, I guess you can still claim to be a Patriot if you played it that way <laughs> or else, <laughs> but it's, it's like the other thing too, is like in I play, mean, I wasn't even as interested in not letting you get to the boats as much as I was interested in just killing all of your guys on the board. That's gross. <laughs> um, what I found interesting though, is like, we were still like, I was still joking with you during the game. Like, it's, yeah. not, it's not like with, with, again, with a lot of these political games, I think you, you feel like it's either like the vegan experience mm -hmm. or it's like, Hey man, we're going to play this war game. These are real guys. Right. Okay. So no snacks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get real. No Cheetos tonight. Guys. No Cheeto. If I see Cheeto dust on my board, <laughs> That's a disrespect to my grandfather, you know, like, like there, there's none of that. Uh, so it, it's still like, I, I still enjoy that game. I want to play that again. Mm -hmm. Um, again, that first scenario is just 
the basics. And then after that, it gets a little more dynamic and everything like that. So I don't know, how, how do you feel about Guadalcanal after one playthrough? Uh, yeah, I, I liked it all right. I think that to me is probably the biggest disconnect between like theme and like act the actual you thought biggest act of playing it. Yeah. Because huh. like <clears throat> talking about like the Polish game Q. Q. <clears throat> you see my eyes light up? Yeah. Justin, you want to play that, that game? To me, I could see the, like, I can see the connection between the actual mechanics of the game and, like, the theme or, like, the, what it's addressing. You know what I mean? Kind of like the same, um, like, Root kind of has the same thing or all the different factions, you play them differently and their play styles kind of are more indicative of like who they are as characters, I guess. Um, but with the Guadalcanal, like I enjoyed playing it, but ultimately it is kind of just, uh, I don't know. I just don't, I just didn't have the connect like mechanic wise mm. to the story. Um, I know that we were saying that, you know, Everyone's perspective is right, but uh, <laughs> you're testing. You're testing that. You know what I mean? Though it's just as like, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just didn't click for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can, I can totally, you know, obviously, you know, respect a game not, not clicking. Um, and that game is a little more like. Again, I don't know. Maybe it was the theme. Like, I still connected with the movements and stuff. Like, I still found it tense mm -hmm. and interesting. Uh, and I honestly still found it kind of fun and funny. Like, th there were some attacks I tried that my guys just completely blew yeah. and bungled. And that and that's, like, fun. So, it's, it's not an overly, you know, serious, dry experience. But definitely, you know, I think I think also maybe it's the look of the game that, mm -hmm. that adds to that a little bit of just maybe making it not as, you know, doesn't connect as well with, with you or, mm -hmm. or, di or didn't connect as well. Um, because, like, again, like, I was, I told you, I was watching a video and one guy was like, I just, I, one of my big complaints is I just can't see the hexes. And I was like, all right, old man. These young guys got it, right? And then we got it, and I was like, yeah. "Good God, where are those hexes?" hexes yeah. So I'm like, if if honestly, if it had clear hexes, I didn't mind the pieces too much. But if they had like maybe more, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not tangible, physical. I don't know, tactile. Just tactile. If they had more like tactile pieces, mm -hmm. I feel like maybe that that might help you have connected a little better because as is you're, you're just, you have a hex and you have a square. Mm -hmm. You're just kind of adjusting the square on there and seeing the line of sight and counting the hexes and then being like, okay, I roll one die, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and actually hearing you talk about, it, I realized that was your total, you were just shooting at me from like, Oh yeah. Well, no, anytime yeah. I was All in I range, you're like, do is kill you. I'm shooting from way down the beach. <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Oh, and it also has a great, uh, a great, um, uh, 
mechanic in that when you're hit, you draw a blind token that lets you know what happened to that unit. Mm -hmm. And and the Japanese have access to a type of token that is a no-hit token, Mm -hmm. uh, which I don't have access to. And I think that came up as like, you couldn't have planned it better. It was like right at the end, I had to have this unit gone and you, you didn't light up any other time mm-hmm. in this year, I think, than when you got to pull that out and reveal is a no hit token <laughs> and shove in my face. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, well, yeah, I, I, I respect that. I hope maybe we can get another game in at least and yeah. maybe try one of the more dynamic, like, you know, they, they have, so many different types of units we, we didn't really play with. Right. All right. Uh, freedom, the Underground Railroad. Early in the history of the United States, slavery was... After we talked about Juneteenth. After we talked about reparations. I had to do it to him. Had to do it. No, go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe we should... <laughs> Welcome to both sides of the podcast. <laughs> No, uh, no topic is too controversial. They can't have two sides. <laughs> um, slavery was an institution that seemed unmovable, but with efforts, I can't get, but with efforts of men and women across the country, it was toppled in freedom. The underground railroad players are working to build up the strength of the abolitionist movement. Through- <laughs> use of notable figures and pivotal events by raising support for the cause and moving slaves to freedom in Canada, my home country that I now claim the older I get, the more I claim Canada as mine. You should. I grew up being like, I'm not going to be one of those people when, when they're like, Hey, where are you from? And we'll be like, I'm from Canada. I lived there until I was one and a half. You know what I mean? It's like, no, I'm from Miami, you know? Um, but now I'm like, no, I'm, I'm Canada. There's the best <laughs> 400 days I ever spent right. on this earth. Um, freedom is a card driven cooperative game for one to four players in which a group is working for the abolitionist movement to help bring into slavery. Um, this also again feel so, Oh, this, this is, these are my historical games. Mm-hmm. So th- this one feels maybe a little bit like Guadalcanal in the sense that the board looks pretty straightforward, but really highly rated. Like um, the guy that I told you about has it in like top 15 all time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's that. There's also a game. I remembered the one that I didn't put on that that I wanted to. Um, Block by Block does this. And I never heard of this before. Uh, Print and play. That's the same thing as like roll and write, isn't it? Well, no, it's just another way to access the game like for free. Oh, okay. Like block by block is like, hey, we're making all of our files free. Oh, I see. So you can print it out and then you can play the game. You don't have to buy it from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something else that I, that, uh, I think is, is really cool. Um, there's this game. Oh, look at that. I, I was... I'm just reading the um, description now. This was also when I went to go see how much it was. I went to the company website and it was like, you know, here's a flat fee. 
you can print out the mm. map. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Um, the East India Company has just had a monopoly of its trade revoked by an official act of parliament. You and others like you see a golden opportunity for profit in China. Uh, for too long, the company's polite deference to the to the queen, queen uh, has smothered progress and stifled trade. There's real money to be made here, and you intend to make it. This, I think, is the coolest named board game ever, mm-hmm. but definitely on this list. The game is called An Infamous Traffic. It's a brutal economic board game for two or five souls brave enough to conduct the opium trade mm. in the 19th century. Hell yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, that that's... Yeah, running run an opium trade in 19th century China. Like, that sounds uh, really cool. Um, all right. I realized the game that I really wanted to play on here, I didn't put a description. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if these are a series of games, but these are interesting and uh they they have the word packs before them. Um, P A X. Yeah, like packs two seventeen. What's that? The band. Packs two seventeen. Are you sure it's not? All I'm thinking about is FX. The Christian um, rap rock band. Oh, you're talking about um, 21 Pilots. Are you among the masses? And you will never pass us. Are you among the masses? Are you among the masses? And you will never pass us. You never heard them? Not ringing a bell. Okay. Total bell. I think Woke we can up stop. today in a praising state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, you know what that makes me think of randomly? Hmm. Push my notes aside. It makes me think of something else that, that is... That I've seen on my timeline. I don't know what started this, but people um, going after critics mm-hmm. and just like, if you don't create something, oh, shut up. Right. And I have a few problems with that, but one of my big problems is that it glorifies the creators of the stuff mm-hmm. as if people don't make music for completely selfish self-serving mm-hmm. wrong reasons that somebody who engages in like honest criticism is completely devoid of you know mm-hmm. so it's like yeah i don't want to hear from you critic let me hear from this guy who wrote wake woke up in a praising state of mind he's got <laughs> more to say about music than you do mm-hmm. you know it's like i don't know does he yeah <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, there's there's a, a game called Pax 
uh, Pamir. And and this this looks like a newer one in this. Again, I don't know if it's a series, but players assume the role of 19th century Afghan leaders attempting to forge a new state after the collapse of the Durrani Empire. And I was just like, I have no connection to Afghan history. Mm-hmm. I would love to play a game where I play as and you know, the forces of, of Afghan society, mm-hmm. but then there's a Pax Renaissance and Pax Renaissance. Um, you play as a banker, you will finance Kings or Republics sponsor voyages of discovery, join secret cabals or unleash jihads and inquisitions. Your choices determine whether Europe is elevated into the bright modern era or remains festering in dark feudalism. Mm-hmm. Just trying to look up the definition for packs. I, you came up with something because your face made a sour look. No, that is. Um, <laughs> I was searching packs on Pornhub, <laughs> and man, just was, these disgusting uh, videos came up. I have no reflux. idea what. That was my tea coming back up. Oh, jeez. <laughs> kind of t- aggressive tea are you drinking? Just black tea. Black tea? Yeah, that's what it's called. Like regular tea. I ain't no black tea is what that's not what I think of when I think of regular tea. Well, that's what it is. That's co- that's coffee. <laughs> what you just drank was a cup of black coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's not nor you don't, I normally don't hear people be like, yeah, just black tea, please. Well, they tea say black tea. Well, I said tea and then you said what kind? And then you told me coffee. <clears throat> so anyway, that's it. Okay. That's my list of political games mm-hmm. and has me thinking if I pull uh, Indy out of school. Right. You give him a board game based curriculum and just we fifth grade you're not learning how to write numbers in a grid and do Mm -hmm. whatever you're not getting stressed out by your sols Mm -hmm. and having somebody tell you that your future depends on how you do on this sol right because you're in fourth freaking grade and i have to like calm you down when you're going to sleep and tell you that i don't care if you fail them right i you you'll be fine yeah that maybe Maybe we should just play Pax Renaissance for a few months and we and we got it. And yeah. and, and, and what I like about Pax Renaissance, you know, we, we've talked about being like a one issue kind of political, um, you know, kind of uh, I was gonna say figure, not figure, but thinker, right? Like um how that can go wrong if you if you get the people like, listen, man, I would love to vote for some of these you know candidates who are pushing for rights for everybody, but man, they are just and they're they're just pro abortion. I just can't do it. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, so you're okay voting for the person who's literally like, Iran looked at us wrong. We need to send more people. Send let's send all the eighteen year olds we have. Right. Like, let's start wars and let's, uh, did you, uh, I, I think he was on the Rahm Emanuel uh, Chapo episode where they played a clip of some senator, political figure, whatever, and he was being interviewed about like Iran and he was like, 
there'll be two moves with a ram. Yes. Our first move <laughs> and our last move. Yeah. <laughs> and you just want to be like, you're for real. Like this yeah. is real life. Right. You're, you're elected. This is, this is. That's the level of maturity. That's, that's the level of maturity. Yeah. And, and that guy probably all he had to say was like, abortions, murder. Right. And then he gets to say, Listen, let me tell you how to deal with nuclear armed countries. Right hand, right knee, groin, walk out. Yeah. That's that's how I would deal with the Putin. Yeah, listen, this is how the war with Iran will go. There'll be two hits, us hitting them and them hitting the ground. Right. Um. So anyway... Uh, yeah. How'd we get there? Anyway, um, any of those games sound? Yeah, I would say block by block. Mm-hmm. Gets a hell yeah. Um, Q gets a hell yeah. Because I like the idea of causing your family to starve to death <laughs> you want oh, like yeah. like <laughs> i i think you're going to be disappointed when you realize like no one gets to be you would probably love that game if you got to be the decider of who gets what card <laughs> just make your own game where it's <laughs> keith which one is is that your mother yeah she's not getting bread <laughs> right um and the opium one an infamous traffic sounds interesting even though there was zero description of the game outside of it's about selling opium, but that's enough to that's enough for hell, a, hell yeah. 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 I, I, towards the end, I realized I didn't want to read everything. Yeah. I wanted to kind of shorten. So just give you the, give you the idea and the historical ones. Smell my fart. I don't like history. <laughs> it's boring. You said that like the guy who we're like, <laughs> You slipped into like the impression of the guy with the rant. Hey, historical games. <laughs> Got one thing to say to you. Smell my fart. Yeah, maybe that's why I don't like. Maybe that's why um, Guadalcanal didn't click for me. I mean, like I said, I liked playing the game, but none of the thematic stuff. Well, that's a theme. Yeah, none, of the, none of the theme pierced the veil. The, the other thing that I like about this is the two games that you've mentioned, Block by Block and Infamous Traffic, mm -hmm. are both like, like I said, Block block by Block is free if you can print, mm -hmm. right? Infamous Traffic, flat fee, you can print the game. You can also buy it mm -hmm. um, and they'll package it for you. But it makes me think too, when you look at all these games and it's like, $80, $90. It's like plastic ships or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, do games have to be that expensive? Yeah. You know, like if you really want to get your product out there and maybe like screw the plastic ships. I don't know. Like I, I get it. I don't know. I get it. So, some people are like, you know, that's part of the fun. Mm hmm. But I, I, and again, I'm still at a place where it's like, I don't know, give me a little circle cutout of a ship. Mm -hmm. It's going to be just as fine for me as like a pre-painted mini. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've realized 
now that I'm, I'm looking ahead and I'm, and I realize like I'm really into board games, obviously how much I've talked about them on here and how much I've talked about them with you that I'm less interested in like the fantasy stuff. Like I still like city of Kings, but I think that's probably the only game I'm going to get mm-hmm. in terms of like just straight up fantasy fun. I would rather like, I don't know if PAX Renaissance is one player, but that would be like my long-term one player game. If I could like play as a banker and be like, yeah, I'm going to fund an inquisition and just like destroy human history for a hundred years or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to do that and just, and just see how that works out. Like I'm, that stuff fascinates me. So I'm um, all right. So I think the, the, the two that you've mentioned are the two cheapest games. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to play in my ordering. I put block by block at the top. Okay. I'd like to try that. And, and again, all these games are well reviewed. Yeah. Like none of these games are like four out of 10. Like, and I just think it sounds cool. All of them are on people's like best of list and all that. So, all right. So everyone can look forward to a review of block by block. Uh, when we record again in three months, <laughs> right. um, but yeah, so I, th- I think we should try that. And then if there's one other that I wanted to try other than the ones you mentioned, you know what? I think so. Yeah. Q mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm really interested in that. Uh, we, the people just, I think has like the highest reviews. So mm-hmm. apparently the game is great, even though it sounds a little dry, East Germany versus West Germany, mm-hmm. but I'd be interested in how that plays. Um, but I'll say I also want to try a, uh, one of the climate games mm-hmm. like CO2 or keep cool. Um, just because I think that that's rich thematically. Mm-hmm. And seems like you could get a really fun game out of it. Uh, while also like that probably dominates my mind the most. Yeah. If I could just play a game about it, it might right. alleviate some anxiety. <laughs> yeah, see, I was going the like, opposite with that and that I think about it so much and it's so depressing. I couldn't possibly imagine playing a board game about it would be any fun. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be well, like first reform the board game. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh, I would play that. <laughs> oh man. What you'd have to pick what you write on the church marquee. <laughs> right. Is your message a pun? <laughs> is a, a holiday based pun? Yeah. Or is it a, a, a stark reminder that, uh, the planet's hurtling towards extinction or your suicide note? Right, exactly. <laughs> is your uh, is your cup at the end filled with I can't remember what was filled with some Drano, sort of right? Drano, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or is it just regular water, grape juice, communion juice? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, man. I'm I'm excited. I've I've looked into a lot of these. I'm I'm excited to kind of. I, I ultimately would love to play all of those. Yeah. Um. I'm going to be in, in constant communication with you because I do not want to buy one of these and then have you just be like, I can't Keith. I can't (laughs) once I dump out the 2000 Uh pieces 
and I just see the light go out in your eyes and it's just not going to be at all enjoyable. <laughs> well, just know that that's going to happen no matter what game you get. And you just have to talk me through it. I mean, like, I feel like I don't have the I just don't have the brain power to, like, push through that. Mm. You're always going to start six like you're gonna start laying in the grave slowly putting dirt on yourself <laughs> and i just have to slowly come and, and stop the dirt first and kind of get you up right. and then once you realize that you could win then you'll perk up no actually not win once you realize that you can make me feel any sort of um anxiety or discomfort right yeah as soon as I start seeing the little cracks that I can sneak through to ruin the game for you, that's when I'll start paying attention. <laughs> Meanwhile, you look up and I'm crying. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm silently burying one of my meeples that did not get <laughs> bread. <laughs> right. Didn't get their loaf of bread. Now, I don't know. It's something maybe that maybe just comes with getting older as I'm, I'm, uh, I'm increasingly like, steering away from like any sort of challenge whatsoever even in like playing games i got red dead redemption i've played the first couple hours and over the past couple weeks i'm i'm tired of destiny i'm tired of PUBG. i am obviously done with apex but because I like know how to play those games and you I can just, just like get in and do it kind of mindlessly. I have not touched red dead again. <clears throat> and it's kind of like the same thing I was telling you with like when we were trying to figure out what we're going to talk about with like YouTube. Part of this is that I'm still trying to like get Julia and I to watch something together. So a lot of nights have defaulted to she'll just like watch what she wants to watch. I'll maybe play some games and then we get back together and just watch like a couple of YouTube videos. And then I've, I'm now like I've gone through, we've gone through all the vine compilations. <laughs> we've gone through all the fail compilations. And now the only thing that's left are these like cringe compilations. <laughs> and they're so bad. And at best you're feeling like really gross and awkward. And at worst, you're just kind of like, I mean, maybe that's at worst. <laughs> And at best, you're just kind of like, this is just like maybe a misunderstanding. But at no point am I ever like actually entertained or like think any of this is funny. But at the same time, it's just like, I'll just put this on just so I can get through the next 10 minutes and then I'll just go to sleep. I've been thinking a lot about this and we can talk offline. Okay. About it. <laughs> so. All right. All right. Sounds good. Good. It's red. Ah, my dad. That'll be our new closer. Love it. All right.